0: Anthony Smith here, host of A-Train Sports Talk podcast. Evening, I want to get started talking about an article that came out. LSU to play Southern and Grambling in football in first ever matchups officials announce. LSU finalized plans to play Southern and Grambling in football for the first time in LSU history. School's official announced. LSU and Southern will meet September 10th in 2022 in Tiger Stadium. LSU and Grambling will play September 9th, 2023 in Tiger Stadium. This is an incredible opportunity to join our fan bases of these historic Louisiana institutions and championship programs, LSU Athletic Director Scott Woodard said in a statement. These dates will be the days to celebrate not only football, but the state of Louisiana and all of our people. It's time and we are all proud to be a part of it. LSU has played nearly every in-state team in the past 10 years. Tulane in 2009, uh, University of Louisiana, 2009, McNeese State, 2010, University of Louisiana Monroe, 2014, Louisiana Tech, 2018, and Southeastern, 2018. Nichols State is scheduled to play at Tiger Stadium on October 3, 2020. Though LSU and Southern's campus sit about 10 miles apart, the schools have never played each other. Both sides expressed mutual interest in recent years, and they came to an agreement over the last few months. We have a great relationship with all universities in our state, said Ed Orgeron. Coach Ed Orgeron said, It is important to LSU to have a great relationship with all of the universities in our state. So, there we have it. LSU is scheduled to play Grambling. Grambling and Southern to historically black college universities. So what does that do for schools such as Gramley and Southern University? Well for one it gives them the opportunity to play on a bigger stage. Also it's an economic boost to those universities. Now, I'm not going to go out on a limb and say that one year Southern's going to knock off LSU and Grammys going to knock off LSU. I'm not going to say that. Can it be done? It can be done. You can't count it out. I mean, you look a few years ago and I believe, uh, I forgot who it was, but they beat UNLV. Was it Troy State? I'm not sure. But one of these historically black college and universities, they knocked off UNLV. Granted, UNLV is not an LSU team. Let's let's just get that out there right there. But this gives those kids at those schools a chance to play against different competition, a chance to play in a stadium that otherwise they might not be able to play, and had they went anywhere else. And you think of it as me, this is me thinking this, you think of it as a recruiting tool. When you go into a kid's front room and you're recruiting and pitching them, they want to know what types of team they're going to be playing. You say, look, we have LSU on our schedule. Now, you also have to look at there's a risk factor. Is the payout worth The lopsided losses and the risk of injuries, is it worth it? That remains to be seen. But the fact that we see LSU doing this scheduling, I think it's a step in the right direction. Now, the question is, will Alabama follow suit? Auburn has done it so why not Alabama Yes Alabama do play lesser schools but they haven't played HBCU schools So my question to Alabama is what's the hold up I'll have more after this <laughs> This next story comes from The Undefeated. Maya Moore, the Game Changer. This is the epitome of using your platform. The face of women's basketball accomplished something greater than helping a city win a championship. She helped a man win his freedom. As Jonathan Irons walked out of the Jefferson City Correctional Center on Wednesday evening, Maya Moore felt overwhelmed. For Irons, 40, these were his first steps outside of the Missouri State Maximum Security Prison in 23 years. His first breath outside the prison as an adult. For Moore, 31, this was the moment she had waited for years to materialize one she sacrificed her WNBA career for. As the two embraced, Moore had a question for the man she had known since she was 18. How does it feel, she asked. Life, said Irons, wearing a cloth mask with the word hope on it around his neck. I feel like I can live life now. I'm free. In 2019 Moore at the peak of her career and the top of the sport decided to leave the WNBA to focus on Free and irons who had been sentenced to 50 years in a Missouri state prison after being convicted of burglary and assault at the age of 16. He wouldn't have been eligible for parole for another 20 years. Taking on this task would come with no guarantees of success for Moore. But in March Irons, and more received their long-awaited breakthrough. A Missouri judge vacated Irons' 1998 conviction, and after a string of failed appeals and the Supreme Court refusing to take the case, the lead prosecutor in St. Charles County, Missouri, declined a retrial for Irons. They had won. This journey was deep. Moore said in a telephone conference Thursday morning, we were invested. Jonathan was invested. It was a deep-rooted experience. If you're not committed to being deeply committed and invested over time, it's not how legacies are made. Legacies are made and held by deep, over-time commitments to people. As an unprecedented movement has overcome the country in response to the killings of Black Americans such as George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery. Athletes have been forced to grapple with social injustice in the lengths they're willing to go to advocate for change. Players have protested in the street, advocated on social media, and challenged once-silent power structures to aid in their fight. But another option has also gained traction the option to sit out. Historically, only a select few have taken this path, but today it's become a considerable tool for athletes to use their platforms in the midst of a pandemic and social unrest. And as players across sports weigh the pros and cons of placing their already short careers on hold, they can now look to more. By not playing, More accomplished something greater than helping a city win a championship. She helped a man win his freedom. This is the epitome of using your platform, said Minnesota Lynx head coach Cheryl Reeve in March, shortly after the conviction of Irons had been overturned. She's not dribbling up the court, not making a move, but the way she's giving of herself is the same way she gave as a teammate, as a professional to her craft. That is really just who Maya is. If Maya is doing it, is going to be excellent. Doesn't matter which team she plays on, Reeves said, added. She gives that team a chance to win. Reeve, who had been Moore's coach on the Lynx since Moore was the overall number one pick in the 2011 draft, has been present since the beginning of Moore's leadership on the topic of racial injustice. In July 2016, in response to the shooting deaths of Alton Sterling, Philando Castile, as well as members of the Dallas Police Department, Reeve helped facilitate a demonstration by her players. During a news conference before a game against the Dallas Wings, the Lynx four captains, including more, wore shirts that read, Change Starts With Us, Justice and Accountability on the Front. Castile, Sterling, and the Dallas Police Insignia were listed on the back along with Black Lives Matter. Reeves said Moore felt strongly and was very thoughtful during the construction of the 2016 demonstration, but the longtime coach said she was surprised when Moore put her basketball career on hold two years later. It wasn't necessarily something that I understood to be as big as it became, Reeves said. I don't know at what point that it became as big as it did that she would want to sacrifice a part of her career for it. To understand the magnitude of what Moore has accomplished in 2020 requires both the framework and an appreciation of what she left behind on the basketball court. By the age of 29, Moore had won four WNBA championships, a finals MVP, league MVP, was a six-time All-Star who won two Olympic and FIBA World Championship gold medals, two EuroLeague titles, and international team championships in Spain and China. All of this following a collegiate career that included two NCAA championships, three Wade trophies, and being named a two-time Naismith Player of the Year. So when Moore announced that last February that she would sit out the 2019 WNBA season, it froze the entire sport. Moore was synonymous with women's basketball, on track to cement her place as the greatest champion the sport has ever seen. Reeve characterized Moore's exit at the peak of her career to the likes of Barry Sanders or Sandy Koufax. It's not something that I had ever dealt with or watched someone else deal with in my 30 plus years of coaching, Reeves said. American sociologist and civil rights activist Harry Edwards states it plainly. When history reflects on the sacrifice Moore made during her career and the impact she made off the court, he said, Moore should be mentioned among the greatest athlete activist figures of all time. What Maya is doing is in the tradition of Muhammad Ali, said Edwards in March. What Maya is doing is in traveling a path that Colin Kaepernick traveled. History reflects a narrative that has under-recognized the contribution of female athletes and their activism. While many remember the pregame actions taken by the St. Louis Rams to show solidarity with protesters in Ferguson, Missouri, Fewer know the actions of Knox College women's basketball, Ariana Smith, who was the first athlete to demonstrate during the Black Lives Matter movement. While many remember the demonstrations of NFL teams kneeling during the anthem in 2017, fewer will recall the first time an entire team knelt for the anthem, the Indiana Fever in 2016. Edwards laid the root of the issue on society's failure to equate women's sports with men's sports. The lack of respect for female athletes has resulted in their legacies being much more quickly set aside. Women have always been marginalized. There's always been a reluctance to accredit women and athletes as athletes. Edwards said, "The challenge that Maya poses is not just one of social justice; it's to." do you understand the magnitude of my sacrifice? Because that too is part of the struggle for justice and equality in American society, and she poses that. Until women's sports is publicly held in the same regard as men's and Moore is viewed as one of the best basketball players ever, irrespective of gender, the magnitude of Moore's legacy can't be fully contextualized and thus adequately understood. What Ali gave up made the magnitude of his commitment even greater. What Kurt Flood gave up made the magnitude of that comment, commitment even greater. Because not only were they doing it on principle, but they walked away from so much to do it, Edward said. Until we understand and appreciate women's sports, then that aspect of Maya's contribution is going to be minimized. Whether or not Moore's legacy will permeate the narrative of sports greatest athlete activists, her impact and the lane she created has already inspired the next group of change makers. This WNBA season, three players have joined Moore in opting out to fight for social justice. Natasha Cloud of the 2019 WNBA champion Washington Mystics and Tiffany Hayes and Renee Montgomery the Atlanta dream. I always make sure to tell people she's a trailblazer, Montgomery said. Everybody gets why I do it now. She did it two years ago. I'm getting a lot of, of media attention for what I'm doing. They did it before it was cool, before it was understood. Cloud, who herself has used her platform to advocate for solutions to gun violence in the Washington metro area and social justice nationally, feels nothing but pride for more and what she's accomplished off the court. To be the face of women's basketball, not only here in the States, but everywhere worldwide, to step away from the game and from something that is all about you, to be selfless and do something that is bigger than yourself, and for just the love of of other people and understanding, is a testament to who she is as a person. On Thursday, Moore said that while she has been able to get some rest away from the court, she believes her family needs to enter into a new season of rest after the long fight for Irons' freedom. She says she plans to sit out this WNBA season as expected and added that she's been inspired by the wave of athletes who have also dedicated part of their careers to making a tangible difference in their communities. Seeing athletes looking Mm -hmm. inside of themselves saying, what can I do to empower someone else is amazing, Moore said. I'm pumped that people are understanding where the real change lies as far as giving something up. What an incredible story about an incredible athlete but more importantly, An incredible woman. Maya Moore. A game changer. I'll be back with more.
1: Leaving behind nights of terror and fear. I rise, into a daybreak that wondrously clear, I rise, bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave, I am the dream and the hope of the slave, I rise, I rise, I rise, still I rise, Maya Angelou. Lift every voice and sing Till earth and heaven
0: And that is the song, Lift Every Voice. So why did I take the time to play that as my lead-in? Because source says, NFL plans to play Black National Anthem before week one games. I find it interesting before I get into that story because me personally, I've often thought, you know, The NBA, they do things, especially televised games to honor black history during the month of February. But the one thing I've always noticed was missing was, why isn't that song played? If you... Or a basketball fan in the NBA if there's one thing you notice since they have team 18 team in Canada in a lot of cases you will get the national anthem and the Canadian national anthem but in February what's missing is the Negro spiritual or the Negro national anthem lift every voice So this article here basically states the NFL to play the anthem. And the article reads thusly. Lift every voice and sing, traditionally known as the Black National Anthem. is expected to be, be performed live or played before every week one NFL game, and the league is considering a variety of other measures during the upcoming season to recognize victims of police brutality. A source familiar with the league's discussion told The Undefeated on Thursday. The song will be performed before the Star Spangled Banner, the source said. The NFL's season opener is scheduled for September 10th with the Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Houston Texans. Having recently displayed increased awareness about the problems of systematic racism, the NFL, in collaboration with the NFL Players Association, is also considering listing the names of victims on uniforms, through decals on helmets or patches on jerseys. The NFL also may produce educational program about victims, among other plans. Early last month, Commissioner Roger Goodell in a video admitted that the league had erred in how it handled peaceful NFL player protest of police brutality and systematic oppression. Goodell condemned racism and affirmed that Black Lives Matter pledging his allegiance to the players in the battle for equal justice under the law. Also in June, the league revealed plans to increase its social justice footprint by pledging to donate $250 million over a 10-year period. The league hopes its efforts demonstrate a genuine commitment to the public, players, and coaches that player voices continue to be heard, the source wrote in a text message. This is key to educating fans and becoming a prominent voice in the fight to end racism. So there you have it. Week one, Negro Spiritual, the Black National Anthem, Lift Every Voice. Now my next question is, will other leagues catch on and do the same? Because it doesn't just stop there, but I think it should be a continual thing. My name is Anthony Smith. You've been listening to A Train Sports Podcast. Thanks for listening.